Welcome to the 3v3 Podcast, your socially distanced hockey chat show. Here are your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. Last time on 3v3, I left us with this question. Name a city you'd like to see the Oakview Group build a facility in that is suitable for <clears throat> wink, wink, nudge, nudge, preseason hockey. And of course, these, you know, this town or city cannot be one of Quebec City, Houston, or Kansas City. Ottawa. <laughs> they deserve a good they deserve an NHL uh, team, don't they? Yeah, they they really do, you know. <laughs> they've been they've been That's massive a... supporters of two A, you know, basically two AHL teams for a long time. Mm. That's a beautiful answer. I like <laughs> um sarcasm aside. And I say it that way because it's the Grand Canyon of Sar. Um <clears throat> Phoenix. No, I can't. <laughs> There's just too many jokes. Um, I honestly, Portland. We've had this discussion before, but Portland, Portland would just absolutely rock as a hockey town. As mm-hmm. a, as a, that's not fair because they rock as a hockey town currently. They would rock as a higher level league hockey town. Mm-hmm. Just kind of why I'm a little disappointed they didn't put the AHL franchise in Portland mm-hmm. for the Kraken for multiple reasons. Because the joke upon the joke of the layers is, is, you know, they're a second-rate Seattle, so why would not have a you know second-tier team? Because the the feud between the two cities is is lovely. So it's much more intense than than Seattle and uh, Vancouver is. Seattle and Portland don't really care for one another. No, we really don't. It's kind of a friendly rivalry between Seattle and Vancouver though. It's it's that sort of big brother little brother rivalry, you know, mm-hmm. with like the oldest brother and the youngest brother when there's like, you know, middle brothers in there. You know, the middle brothers and the older brother, there's, there's, there could be some serious hatred. The older brother and the younger brother, it's sort of like that, yeah, okay, you know, oh, look at you being all tough. You're seven, I'm 20, you know, oh, look out, you know. That's about what it is, you know. Oh, no, he's coming after me. Mom, mom, hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, look out, Vancouver. Whoa. <laughs> Don't get too crazy. So, was that it, Patrick? Did you have anything to add? Uh, no more jokes and no more honest answers, so I'm done. We'll be sad to see you go for the rest of the podcast, then. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, I figure <laughs> come in, put out, what, put out what you've got that's the best, and then sit down and shut up. Mm-hmm. So, Pat asked a geography question. <laughs> Oh, did did I? Yeah, yeah, and and I kind of have a geography answer. <laughs> now, does this include topographical maps or? There are no maps. Oh, okay. I mean, this is an audio medium, after all. There are no maps in front of me. As a matter of fact, to do geography, you don't need maps. 
I know that that's shocking to people, but it is still true. Yes, because then it would be cartography. Yes. So <clears throat> instead, I'm looking at tables. Tables of data, isn't that exciting? Um, so I have in front of me two Wikipedia pages of United States metropolitan statistical areas and Canadian census metropolitan areas, both of which have the same definition. So it's kind of, you know, equal. And they also have population change from the last census to the current census. U.S. does 10 years, Canada does five. Um, and so. Oh, it does metric years. They, yes, they do metric years and so five. it's every ten years in Canada. <clears throat> when you no, convert no. it to metric, it's every five years. Ah, yeah, yeah. So, um, they rank it by population. That's the default. But then they have the percent change. Uh, and so one of the biggest ones actually is Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas has added 33% of or their population has gone up 33% in the past 10 years. <laughs> Portland, meanwhile, has only gone up mm, almost 13. My first choice was actually going to be Portland, which Patrick and I talked about and Pat listened attentively at the after we stopped recording our last uh, episode. Um, but then I started thinking, well, you know, why doesn't Wisconsin have professional hockey? Because you would think Wisconsin should have professional hockey, but it doesn't. And so, you know, the, the major cities people think of are Green Bay and Milwaukee, if they even think about Milwaukee. Um, I <laughs> Milwaukee. Hey, they won an NBA championship in that city. So, like, someone thought about them over the summer. And where okay. else are you going to be able to go to Schatz's Brewery? Schlemiel, Schlemiel, <laughs> So, So, my first thought was Milwaukee, and then I looked at the percent change of the population, and their population went up a whole 1.21% in the last um, 10 years. So not exactly a place people want to go to, um, but still a place that I think should uh, end up with at least a consideration for an NHL team, despite what Chicago may or may not think. Um, because, yeah, that, that would be... A, that would be a good one. Um, another interesting one that pops out at me is Orlando. Hmm. Um, and Jacksonville, for that matter. Uh, the solar bears. Because Orlando's population went up 25% in the past 10 years. They have 2.6 million people there, which is more than Pittsburgh, Columbus, uh, San Jose, Nashville, <laughs> but um, yeah, so the surprising one for me, though, was actually Dallas is now, their metropolitan statistical area is now larger than Houston. Um, Houston so, is still a larger city, but 
So they need a second team in Dallas. So they they need a Dallas team and a Fort Worth team. Yes. Ah, okay. There so, we yeah, go. We can do and, that. And then we can wait, talk. wait, 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 wait. Hmm? Is that the problem with the Dallas Stars? Half the time they're the Dallas Stars, and then half the time they're the Fort Worth Stars. The Fort Worth that explain. Well, whatever you want to call the team, <laughs> they are Jekyll and hiding this season. But please continue, Cassie. All right. Um. The other one that stands out, of course, is Atlanta, which had uh, which has six million people living in their metropolitan statistical area, and their population went up fifteen percent in the past ten years. So, um, we know that's probably not going to happen anytime soon. But hey, third time's a charm, right? So, um, as for Canada. Um, The place that's growing the fastest, it actually has a respectable population in comparison to the rest of Canada, would be Hamilton. Mm -hmm. I know, right? The the town that was the crux for this question? Yeah. As Jim Balsillie spins in his chair. (laughs) I mean, Hamilton has a um, a whole thirty thousand fewer people than Quebec City. <laughs> so yeah, um, there you go. My my first my first uh, choice would be Milwaukee, although I think Jacksonville is kind of an interesting option. So Milwaukee. 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 Does this guy know how to party or what? Um, <laughs> seriously, people, go get vaccinated. Um, 100% of the unvaccinated players have been on the COVID protocol. 12% of the vaccinated players have. Let's do real stats. Um, <clears throat> as some of you may or may not know, I attended a professional men's ice hockey game. Wait, 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 wait. Pat never gave the answer uh, to his question. See, again, I, I like to do this. I forget because he is me and I am him. Because he already talked and he, he asked the question. You thought he already answered it. <laughs> yes, and I woke up right. at seven this morning. <laughs> And I looked up, and it was 1 p.m., and I went, where did my day go? <laughs> All right, really quickly, um, Niagara Falls won because, um, man, it'd be nice if the Buffalo Sabres had a nice building to play in. Two, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, because wouldn't it be nice for the Florida Panthers to have a nice home to play in? Mm-hmm. That's also, it, you know, not next to a shopping mall. Number three, Nashville, Tennessee. But here's... No, 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 I I know where you're going. Do you? Yep. Probably. Um, Not for the Predators, no. No. They're they're fine where they are off-Broadway. No, this building would be for Tennessee State University. Mm Mm-hmm. They have a hockey team? Yep. 
they're working on getting a Division One club at this uh, HBCU. And I think that would be fantastic. Um, but my real, but my other answer, uh, how about Boise, Idaho? No. Yeah, I was waiting for that answer. I was waiting for that answer. That was just. No, because, uh, you know, I think about Boise and I'm like, uh, Boise State, blue football field. No, no, yeah. they should not be allowed to have no. any more Well, ho- as you know, Cassie, hockey men will never let the color of the ice ever be different. So. I am, and I am going to disagree. I want them to do it, and I want them to do it badly, which is badly in, you know, the homonymic term of... I have a strong desire, not as in I want them to do it spectacularly horrible. If Boise State can have that bright-ass blue football field, let the Boise Hockey Arena have a green ice surface. No, you know, I just think of, like, the knockoffs, though, for Boise State. Let's all think about, for a moment, Eastern Washington University. Go Wildcats. With their freaking blood red football field. Now, if you're red, green, colorblind, that might not be an issue. (laughs) But, you know, if you're wearing red uniforms on a red field, it doesn't really work very well on TV. I'm just saying. So. So? So. So. Go on. Sorry. Continue on with your your Boise needs to be um, rebelliousness uh, and do things thing <laughs> like i said they just need an arena for wink wink nudge nudge cough cough preseason hockey and i've heard it's a fun place for an echl game what's upon a time boise also potatoes during hat tricks that could be fun oh dear god you could do that in spokane perhaps but I mean, uh, oh, what's his name? Who's now a member of the um, Chicago team that will not be named? Who likes Curtis. the baked potato, Joe? Curtis. Gabriel? Gabriel. I kept on saying Curtis McDowell, but I knew that was wrong. Oh. And then Brock McGillis could be the head coach just for fun. Oh, I see. Mm. Just for fun. Um, but uh, Brock is way too smart to be a hockey coach. Anywho. So he's the general manager and Harrison Brown's head coach. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Or I'm sorry, he'd be uh, president of hockey operations and then Harrison Brown's head coach. Yes. Okay. Who's GM? Um, when she decides to retire Hillary Knight. Oh, that's yeah. Or, or hey, 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 player, coach, Hillary Knight. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking. Is it close enough to a ranch in Montana? Mm-hmm. Boise. Nothing's, nothing's close to anything in Montana, so no. <laughs> so it's close for her, is what you're saying. Yes. <laughs> oh God, the trauma that is Montana. Um. Anyway, so you were at a game last night. Patrick? I was? This is news to me. Yeah, I know, right? Tension span of a gnat. Um, Huh? 
What? Who said that? Nothing. Yes, I attended the professional men's ice hockey contest between the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club and the Seattle Kraken Hockey Club. And I had... um, I had not seen the inside of the arena set up for hockey, nor had I been in the building at that point. And it is quite amazing the difference, because having spent many a year in the Seattle Coliseum slash Key Arena for concerts and old Thunderbirds games, and actually even went to a Sonics game once, um, that was a little bit... I wouldn't say jarring, but it was a little bit like, well, okay. I'm really a hell of a lot farther away from the roof than I used to be when I was sitting down here. Um, they uh, they did a pretty damn good job of making it feel like a hockey arena, but not making it feel cavernous. Right? Because it looks cavernous from the video and pictures I've seen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does. But they really did a good job of the way they constructed the bowl. You are, you do kind of feel like you're sitting in a smaller arena, at least, you know, from the seats that we were in. Um, I mean, I've been to many other arenas, you know, and probably the tightest, tightest one I've ever been in. The spectrum, maybe. The old Philly Spectrum, I think, was... No, Madison Square Garden before one of the remodels was pretty tight, too. Uh, that reminds me, Philly was also on my list of answers because Wells Fargo Center is... Ugh. Yeah. Well, There's a red at Fed Station. They still have the Spectrum. Um, <clears throat> Didn't they tear that down? They, I think... I, I thought they, they moved... Did, oh, yes, you're right, they did. Or they did a refurb on it. I don't know. All I know is they moved the Rocky statue from in front of it, which was they had just put that up not long before I went to a game there and we were dying laughing because I went to a game there with a guy from Brooklyn. Um, so, you know, nothing better than going to a Flyers game with a Rangers fan when Oof. it was a Flyer-Rangers game. Whee! So, so sadly, that wonderful building was demolished in okay. 2011. Oh, or, okay. Because I thought they had their a, I thought they had a team playing in there for a while. But regardless, they they did, and then they decided to move them to upstate New York for some godforsaken Lehigh Valley. Yeah, well, it or, went to they went to they went to Adirondack, quote unquote. First. I don't remember what the town name was, and then they went to Lehigh Valley. Um. Regardless. Regardless. Um. Oh, and and probably the most cavernous arena I'd ever been in was the old Cap Center in uh, Landover. <laughs> oh yes, DC also a place where they need a new arena because or or a refurbish. Or they need a refurbish in DC. Um, but the the Cap Center in Landover, Maryland was oh my god! I needed a Sherpa to get to our seats. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say it again. I went to a hockey game in Seattle and did not know I was in Seattle. <gasps> I went to a Starbucks. And it could have been a Starbucks. You know, it wasn't the OG Starbucks down in Pike Place. I went to a Starbucks. And it kind of broke my heart a little bit. And 
I sat next to a woman and her seven-year-old son who were absolutely a giggle. Um, she has a really good voice, too. She was singing along with a, the Dickens Carolers, did the national anthems last night. She was singing along with it, and I was like, damn, this woman can sing next to me. Um, her husband is part of the facility operations team. I think he's director of something there. And so she was telling me some, you know, some of the little tidbits, like there's, there are some props that were supposed to be part of the... Um, game operations like when the players skate out for the first period you know when they do the please welcome your seattle kraken and they come down the tunnel and you know come out on the ice before the anthems and everything you know some teams have like the the oilers have the um oil dirigible the sharks have the shark head blah 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 so apparently half of them showed up and the other half are still stuck overseas because of covid um so if you looked straight up there's this big, huge tentacle thing that looks like it's coming out of cracked ice. There's only one of them, and it's stuck up there because the other one is missing. It's still over in Slovakia, I think she said. Um, but I, 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 in between periods, I said to her, I'm at a hockey game in Seattle. I'm a Seattle resident. I've lived here pretty much all my life. I wouldn't know I was in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Outside of the horrible... Not horrible. I'm, I'm just because I'm not a Nirvana fan doesn't mean everyone's not a Nirvana fan, Patrick. I'm not a Nirvana fan. I don't like the choice of the goal song, but that's okay. You know, that's my issue. And then they do the whole, you know, they basically just took two songs from Nirvana and they used one for the goal song and they used a clean part from Smells Like Teen Spirit to do a stinger after they announced the. Um, the timekeeping stuff for when the Kraken score, you know, goal by, you know, number 67, Morgan Geeky, you know, other than that, it was the worst. Dear God, just horrible collection of techno rap. I have ever heard in my entire life. It just, and they played sandstorm and they played clap your head. You know, it just sounded like it was in every, other arena and that still sticks in my craw because they did they set out to make this thing so uniquely seattle right mm-hmm. yeah everything they did in the marketing and the blurbs and the build-up and the way they've run the franchise they wanted this to speak to seattle and be uniquely seattle and they just bleh. All over the so, game. So it sounds like it's unique to Seattle to all those that watch certain ABC dramas who think they know what the city is like. Uh, potentially, yeah. But I mean, even in said ABC drama, they have more hints at Seattle music than that was at the arena last night. I mean, the the most <laughs> the, the biggest compliment I can give to the whole to that whole in-game entertainment experience is um, they have it tied, you know, of course, being the Climate Pledge Arena, Alexa, play the Seattle Kraken warm-up mix, you know? There's the only I, there's the only indication you were kind of in Seattle. <laughs> so it was cookie-cutter, basically. Oh my god, it was so cookie-cutter. And well, that's a I, shame. And it really, you know, and I, I said to her, I said, Where's the mud honey? 
you know, where's where's the screaming tree? Where's Tad? You know, they all have songs that could be used as hype songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know? What what happened to the whole notion that the local nonprofit radio station that's oh yeah what what the hell was right I, there yeah, they right. they were going to provide the DJs. Right, and they provided a couple of people for in arena entertainment, like you know the the guys that introduced the you know because everyone has to have a military appreciation or a community appreciation person. You know they do during one of the timeouts because um, we need that pop. You know every building needs to have everyone stand up and appreciate someone, and it's not to denigrate the people that serve in the military. Just you know. They're not show ponies. Okay, let's stop, please. And Um, half of them hate doing it. Most of them do. You know. The ones that don't wear the pretty uniforms. A lot of them them started because circumstances led them there and they needed to change Mm. their lives and that was their only way out. Some of them volunteered to do it because they felt that desire and need. I'm not going to get into the psycho background everyone. But they're not show ponies. Nope. Um, you know, awesome. They're doing all this stuff, but let's stop with everyone. 20,000 people stand up and applaud this person because we need to get some energy in this building. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, God, I'm going to catch so much hell for some of that, but I don't care. Um, <laughs> arena's beautiful. Um, we got to go through the the club level area because our seats were down the probably midway down in the first bowl so well above glass level um just about in between the the benches so um you couldn't hear any chirping but i certainly did hear a particular kraken player come off the ice and and um how do i want to phrase this express their discontent with uh, thank you very colorful um, language <laughs> with with a very audible succinct stentorian expletive mm-hmm. um which was funny because said i knew said player's mother was in the arena <laughs> and i said i'm going to tell your mom <laughs> and the people behind me started laughing because they knew said player's mother was also in the arena um <clears throat> The odd ice stuff, like, uh, they didn't do much, like, projection on ice. And I don't know it's because some of the stuff is still not installed, but they basically just have a, um, a fish finder projecting down on the ice for, you know, when they when they dim the lights and, you know, do the whole hype up here come you know the refs come skating out and then you know please welcome your seattle kraken i mean even i hate saying this because it's just i'm ragging on everything even the announcer just sounded like every other announcer <laughs> you know he, <clears throat> if i may do you hear that wade minner do you hear that <laughs> hi wade love you um <laughs> kisses I may give him an advanced copy of this episode when I see him in two plus hours. Um, (laughs) 
And I don't expect everyone to, you know, because, and I'm spoiled, right? I've experienced a lot of hockey. Um, I've paid, you know, through my life, both live and even over television. And there are certain arenas that have characteristics in them that I cherish. I mean, the old Northlands Coliseum, there, there was the one guy who had the most distinct voice, and I forget his name, but he was the longtime in-arena announcer for the Oilers. And you could just tell you were in Edmonton because nobody else sounded like him. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I know it's not, you know, and I know that's a unicorn. I know that's not an easy thing to find, but... Um, I really appreciated. Actually, the crowd was fantastic. Very well educated. Um, in the sense that every time McDavid got the puck with some speed, everyone kind of, you know, everyone sort of around us sort of leaned forward and was kind of like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> and it's almost um, like this game isn't that difficult to understand. I, I know. I know. <laughs> and That's I, so weird. And I didn't. I didn't want to take pictures of people because I always feel freaky doing that. I just want to give a big, massive shout out to the guy that was sitting a couple rows in front of us who um, was wearing uh, an away Kraken sweater and had um, cap space as the name plate. <laughs> Good for him. And his number, I think his number was zero. <laughs> um, I think it was zero, which which made it even funnier because it's like, no, we have more than zero cap space. But I think I know where you're going with that. Mm-hmm. And also a big shout out to the to the person who was wearing the classic WHA um, Oilers sweater with Dave Semenko on there. Big stack taps to that person. So is just the outside slightly reminiscent to the Seattle Coliseum or did they they try to like do more on the inside with that? Um, They did a, I didn't get to walk around the full thing um, outside. Um, They did a fantastic job, Cassie. Those of us that have lived in the area long enough, remember what the old Coliseum looked like before Ackerley tried to renovate it and screwed it up. Um, SQ Arena. As Kiarina, so he made it big enough, just big enough for basketball and too small for hockey because he didn't want anyone else sharing his toys with him. Well, and also because the city went and built him an arena in the uh, south lot of the kingdom, which is now where the baseball stadium is. Right, but but he intentionally renovated the arena right. too small for hockey because that if I'm going to, you know, if I'm paying for this, then I'm going to be the only tenant in this goddamn place. Right. Um. <laughs> Uh, no, they did a beautiful job, actually. Um, you know, tight wad terraces, a lot of people call it that open end with the windows. Mm-hmm. Um, just looks hauntingly like the old the old arena. And that's, that's why I ask is because every time I see a picture of that, I saw your picture on Twitter last night. And I, I, I sit there and think, God, that just looks just like the old arena. Yeah. yeah. The original arena, I guess. The original, yes. The... Uh, the inside and the new stuff, the dugout stuff, is beautiful. Um, you know, it's got kind of that postmodern industrial look. You know, mm-hmm. hey, let's just leave all of the all of the um, guts That's exposed, and, yeah, exactly. and we'll just paint it black. You know, because <laughs> it'll look like a roof. But the other thing, and um, 
the person I was with last night, we were both sort of looking up into the into the superstructure under the roof. They spent a massive amount of time and engineering baffling up there. So sound baffling. So they mm-hmm. have got um, the hanging. Um, I don't know what they call them these days, but it's basically almost like concert hall where you walk in and you see there are elements hanging from right. the roofs at certain angles. So, so do you th- is that to dampen noise or is that to amplify? It's both. Okay. Um, you know, take out the tinniness and but it's, amplify. It's it's to, it's to take out the reverberation. It's to take out the bounce back, mm-hmm. um, and leave everything sort of pure, which is why I am sitting here looking at what are called eros, which are the um, what I wear playing live when I don't wear any ear monitors. No, I'm sorry, they're ear racers. <laughs> Get it? Ear acers. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just basically little silicone tips that slide into your ear. They almost look like something that you'd get out of the Jetsons because they have like a little protruding what looks like an antenna thing on there. And they knock out about 19 dB mm-hmm. um, hmm. without sacrificing you know, frequencies. Um, and I was really disappointed I didn't bring those last night because the warm-up music was blasting in there. Oh, my freaking God. Which is a thing that's in, like, most arenas and has been for the past, I don't know, 10 or 15 years, is that the the in-arena noise, whatever it is, whether it's announcing, whether it's music, whether, you know, whatever it is, is, like, way too loud way freaking too loud i'm like okay if i just wanted to like you know kill my eardrums i would just go home and put on some headphones i don't need this here so the thing for me was while it was it was painful for two reasons (laughs) one it was music selection (laughs) god awful music selection and again the lady sitting next to me said you know um she thought she'd give it a chance, and she went home and said, hey, Alexa, you know, play the Kraken warm-up playlist. And she's like, I couldn't even get five minutes into it at home. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just that <laughs> god-awful pseudo-EDM stuff, pseudo-EDM rap. You know, it's like a, it's, it's the mix between the two. Mm-hmm. And I, I have no problem with EDM, and I love old-school rap. But the two of them together does not make a wonderful thing. And when it's blasting at that volume, it makes it worse for me because not only can I not stand it, I can't stand how loud you're playing it. Mm-hmm. That said, it was unbelievably clear. That makes it worse, though. <laughs> well, for no, you know, again, to set myself apart from people because, you know. I am me and I am arrogant. As an audio engineer and an audiophile and a musician, having something pumped at that volume and still have the clarity in there, you know, where you can, it's, 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 all, it's above concert level. I will almost guarantee you it's above, you know, except maybe Motorhead. <laughs> it's kind of at that level. It was unbelievably clear. And mm-hmm. having it blasting, you know, essentially 360, um, I got to applaud them. You know, whoever they 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 must have spent a lot of time engineering that building 
for not just hockey, but also to make it that concert venue that honestly Seattle hasn't had in a long time, that indoor venue. So other than that, the game was a blast. Um, it, you know, it was, it was really fun. The couple behind us were from Regina and had the trip from hell and they were the nicest people, <laughs> but you felt so sorry for them because one of their connecting planes was just leaving as their, as their flight arrived. So they were literally running from, I think it was in Vancouver. She said they were literally running from one gate to the next to make their flight. And they, two of the four games or two of the three games that they were going to see on this trip got postponed. (laughs) (laughs) I felt so sorry for them. So so were they staying in Seattle the entire time or were they? Yes, they, well, um, I think they, I think they said, we didn't get into too much detail about that, but I think they said that they were rearranging their trip or something because they were going to come back for the rescheduled games that they missed. You know, were postponed. So, um, the they were supposed to go to the game tonight between the Kraken and the and the Maple Leaf, and um, you know, they were saying they were saying, well, I guess we'll see you guys back in March, <laughs> to everyone around them. <laughs> so hey, they, they were look fun. at this. We I have a live in-game update. Uh, there are. Actually- Actually, hockey games being played at the moment, and uh, we might not be able to say that in uh, two hours. Yeah, half an hour, maybe. Well, one team's still in the second intermission, so oh. they. I guess they have to come out for the third period. Hmm. It's weird how that works sometimes. They don't have to. I mean, <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> Everything, you know, everything in life is optional if you, you know, if you got the money and the wherewithal. So I would give, um, I, I would give it three stars out of five. But so it the, does sound like there's room to work. Like there are some correctable mistakes that they could, you know, change I, in future seasons. I, I think there's still some maturity going on. You know, I, I think COVID really put a damper on a lot of the stuff, you know, like some of the game mm-hmm. presentation stuff I know has been impacted by it. Um, where I will give them five out of five stars was holy crap. Was it easy to get in that arena? Really? So it's, they got the bones of the, the project, right? It sounds yes. like. Yeah. I, we had our tickets on our Apple wallets and everything's NFCs. So you, you just pull your, you know, pull your wallet up and go here. Here's my COVID passport. Here's, you know, or COVID proof of, of vaccination and here's my ticket. And you just basically stand there at one tap, tap, you know, two tap twice into it and you walk in. And uh, the little outlet store that was in the, and I forget what the area is called because it's all corporate branding, but basically like the little. Oh, the, uh, it's Alaska Airlines, something, something. No, right? no, this is the one that's inside the, it's the one inside the arena at the club level. Okay. I forget what it's called. Um, Cause again, corporate branding, I don't care. Basically it was, you know, everything was NFC transactions. So, you know, 
my wife's like, you need to be, get a hat for me. And I was just like, okay. And as we were leaving the game last night, I literally walked up and picked up a hat and NFC'd it. And she's like, do you want a receipt? And I'm like, nope. She's like, okay, see ya. That's handy. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. I did not attempt to go anywhere near the lair or the team store, you know, so your mileage may vary, but, you know, and the, and the food and, and food lines were moving. You know, the bar line was moving because everything, again, you know, is, I, I think they knew the market in this area is tech savvy, you know, mm-hmm. a little more tech savvy. So people are a little more accustomed to it. Um, so I'll give them four out of five on that one. Four and a half out of five on that one, actually. Seats were comfy. Arena wasn't too cold. That <laughs> <laughs> mm, deck. So it's really just what the time audio. Of the season. Yeah. So it's really just say, the to... audio experience, huh? It just, I didn't feel like I was in Seattle. They had, you know, you you go through you go through the effort to have the three-star selection, you know, throw over the boards thing, something so unique and quirky to Seattle. You make the effort to have all of the nautical, you know, they've got the big, huge aquarium wall, as we call it, you know, mm-hmm. on the escalators. You you do all of this to bring all of this. And there's a lot of nostalgia in there, too. All of this history and, and Seattleism to it. And then you just plop on the end game stuff. And the only thing that the other only thing that let you know that Jerry Bruckheimer was part of the group was when they were down a goal um, in the third. Thank you, Warren Fogel. Um, at the next play, break and play, they did the whole Top Gun thing. Uh, uh, so they just had, you know, a, a shot of the a very angry sea and some hype up thing, you know, like everyone get up and cheer, and you know the the opening, you know, you know that thing was trying to build everyone up, but um, you know when they're when they're trying to get people to get louder, they're playing Metallica, and I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you just. Uh, Come on. I mean, there's like plenty of Seattle bands who aren't even grunge, you know? <laughs> I, I know. And this is that's what I'm saying. And they're yeah. not just locally known. There are plenty of world famous bands from Seattle you could have picked from. I mean, hell. I was I would have um the opening of Pearl Jam's Go is just one of the angriest nastiest, hypiest things you could ever hear. You know, you can loop it before he starts singing and, you know. I mean, after last week's episode, you got uh, uh, do the evolution stuck in my head. And exactly. so anything off a of yield would have worked. Anything, any, Almost anything off, you know, the first side of verses would have worked because it's all angry. Yeah. Yeah, but those aren't the, the um, uh, top 40 albums, you know. There's like the one song. It feels vitality. Like oh, vitality is just. Um, it it just feels like um uh, NHL head office got a little too involved. 
I don't. Does it I, No. I mean, I'm sure I it think didn't. It's, I think it's people not from Seattle doing making the music selections. Yeah, and I think that's exactly it. Is the is the people running the end game, or people they hired in from somewhere else, and. You know, the one time they played Alice in Chains is the one time everybody expects you to play Alice in Chains because, ha, 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 it's funny. Uh, you, could bar- you could barely hear a man in the box. <laughs> yeah. No. No. That's terrible. Terrible. Uh, I know. I'm I telling know. you, Ted Leo and the pharmacist. Where was my, where was my brain? I see. Please. You know. That's yes, too bad. East coaster, that's, but that's too bad because that's that's like, you know, what are the two thing, three things people think about when they think of Seattle? Starbucks, rain, and grunge. Loud music, lots of coffee, always raining. Yeah, and so you would think, in theory, that even if they were out of towners doing the in-game music selection job that they would be like, oh, Seattle music, unless they think that's quote-unquote too obvious, but it's just, that's that's like the easiest call to make out of everything. <laughs> it, it was so much of a layup, you know, and, and I just sat there dying laughing because I think it was the start of the third period before they came back out on the ice, the ever ubiquitous sandstorm comes on mm-hmm. and i have right and i have friends in san jose who are so actively disgusted by the continuation of using that song that it's that they they attempt to petition you know for its permanent removal from the sap center <laughs> mm-hmm. i mean and when I say that there's plenty of bands that aren't even grunge, it's like, you know, pre-grunge and post-grunge. So it's Well, like, just, I mean, even different genres from the same time. Right. You know? It, it, I mean, well, would you really call the presidency of the United States grunge? I mean, that's how they were classified, but no, I wouldn't call them grunge. Right. No. But could we get a Casper Baby Pants song played instead? You know what? I was kind of laughing because there was there were a lot of I don't want to say a lot of kids I mean by volume, but there were a sufficient number of kids in there, and you know when they do the little games on the video boards you know it breaks mm-hmm. in play or at intermissions, that's a perfect time for some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know they've they've got they've got one and I, it's probably available in every other arena too where you have to cheer loud to get the guy skating so he jumps over things. Obstacles Ugh. on the ice. It's like the Donkey Kong thing, right? And, you know, of course, he's in a Kraken sweater, so it's unique to Seattle. Um, what? No, no hydroplane races? I mean, come on. Is that just the Mariners? <laughs> that, Cassie, should have been part of it. I know. Well, and that's what I'm saying is that is the, it's not a matter of. If they went overboard, or I shouldn't say overboard, if they went there and tried to make the physical presence be as Seattle as possible and they're falling short with in-game stuff. It's because the in-game people are not on the same page, which means that they're likely not from the area. Yes. 
So you know what that organization's probably going to do next? Not hire me and continue to ignore me. <laughs> Tech, yeah, you might be dead right. Um, I think they might hire someone else that's not in the area. Um, but he, I guess he has a little cachet. Because um, I have a feeling he might be in the area a little more. Um, place your bets if, if you're into that sort of thing. But how long until Jerome McGinley is employed by the uh, Kraken? Oh, not long at all, I don't think. <laughs> I don't know. It depends. Where? Um, how are his other kids doing? Uh, well, I mean, one of one of his kids has been living in Kelowna for some time now and therefore was still eligible to be drafted into the WHL. And they're not going to be he, – he's not going to be playing in Seattle. Because I can read a map, and Kent is not in <laughs> Seattle. Congrats See, on actually opening the map in the first place. <laughs> I I can find where Kent is. I can do it. Um, yeah, but most yeah, people wouldn't even sure. bother looking at the map. That's what I'm saying. Sorry, personal but, like pet peeves. Go on. It's fun to see um, a kid whose family is living in Boston right now uh, going to play for the Thunderbirds. In uh, Tige or Tige again, I've been so out of touch with major junior hockey lately. I'm I have no idea. I did not pay attention to the WHL draft, so I don't know how many Bradens and Kales were were drafted. The this past season no what will probably happen with with uh jerome ginla is he'll decide that he needs to take a more active role in his ownership of the kamloops blazers i did have a cons- uh, a discussion with some fans about that and we 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 set kind of an over under on how long until he's traded to Kelowna, mm. or not Kelowna to Kamloops. kamloops yeah Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, right now, both Seattle and the Blazers, they're kind of neck and neck in the WHL standings, which means their their four-year trajectory is probably similar. So neither team, both teams will be at in sell-off mode at the same time. So he might have to be uh, traded through a third party. I can live with Everett um, until I until I'm able to, you know, re uh, revive the old Iggy Pop. Because every time again, would make a big hit, I'd always scream Iggy Pop. Um, kind of like Hulk Smash. Uh, I don't want him going anywhere outside of this state. <laughs> hmm. Well, I mean, that means there's three other <laughs> WHL teams. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, it's just always funny to me that people are like, oh, my God, how does Washington have four WHL teams? I Luck? <laughs> it's um, bigger than the New York metropolitan area. All in... Land in doesn't terms vote, of, Pat. 
Maybe it should. Maybe it should. But once again, Tri-City and Spokane are near the bottom of the division, so we'll see what happens in a year. Tri-Cities. I actually have seen a game, a WHL, WHL game in Tri-Cities, although I'm sure they have a new arena by now. Well, I guess I shouldn't assume that. <laughs> yeah, please don't ever assume that with Tri-Cities. <laughs> Kennewick. Um, Everyone else seems to, though. <laughs> yeah, this is true. I uh, thank you all for participating in my rant. <laughs> um, I didn't have anything else. Other, oh, other than, <sighs> oh my God, McDavid is fast. Oh my God, McDavid is fast. Well, you know what? I'm so glad you got to see him. I'm I'm so envious because every opportunity I've had a chance, the man has been out of the lineup. Oh yes, um, every chance. It's it's but not I, my, I have seen, not my first. Time. I have seen I have seen Drysaitel win a game in OT and it was marvelous. But still, I oh, I, I would God. like to see the other. I'd like to see the other guy. Um yeah, not my first time seeing McDavid. I got to see him twice in his rookie year. Um, mm. And oh my God, was he fast then? But oh my God, is he fast now? Um, they were pregame warm up. Um, everyone else had kind of, you know, some of the players had started filtering off the ice, and McDavid and Drysaddle were out doing a drill. Um, Drysaddle's, you know, midway, um, midway in the in the faceoff circle, off wing side, and McDavid's bouncing out of the corner and sort of coming down the slot and the passes Drysaddle was laying to him. All of them, and I, I hate using the word saucer because it's sauce, dude. Um, so I will go with my griddle cake analogy. All of the griddle cakes were just unbelievable arc and then flat right as he's picking it up. Oh, God, watching those two is just... <sighs> Sounds like a player who can control the spin on the puck. With that canoe paddle he's using, yes, he can. <laughs> you know, and and a couple other things McDavid was doing was he'd pick up a puck and and uh, you know about blue line and he'd juggle it a couple of times on his stick about waist high and then just do like a half baseball swing and bang, you know, in the net, and not just like in the dead center of the net, you know, like sides sides and corners so watching him play or you know I, I i don't normally do this you know where i just focus on one guy or two guys when they're out there during warm-ups but with those two out there i had to um oh my god the 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 skill level on those two is just otherworldly you play how you practice they play how they play and you know using the two meanings of the word play you know that's if that's them screwing around good lord you know <laughs> so no thoughts on paul maurice getting out of dodge before uh um nice guy average coach but was it his decision i think it was pat you know i think it was i 
I don't think, however, anyone within the organization is caught off guard. Well, no, because it, apparently the conversations had started in the summer about the potentiality of this being the last season. Yes, and not only that, but this was planned. I, I think they they just decided the time was right to do this. And I think it was more of a mutual decision, and I truly do mean mutual decision, than how the press conferences came off. I think it was his decision. He ran it past everybody, and they're like, okay, if that's what you need to do, and, and that was that. It, it's almost like it's a healthy work environment, almost. Craziness, hockey? Hockey and healthy work environment? Is that even possible? I, I have to wonder. <laughs> I, have, I, I really seriously have to wonder if we aren't seeing the, the shift in tide, you know? And, and I don't want to pump anyone else's tires because they're direct competitors of ours. <laughs> yeah, we are competitors with the Dangle podcast. Um, one of the Wait. things that brought up, yeah, I know, we're much better than them. Um, one of the Wait, are we, up, one, are we one of the, uh, the companies that are negotiating with them behind the scenes for a 2022 announcement? I, uh, we're probably the only one who isn't um <clears throat> thank you um the 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 point that got brought up that i think really hit home to me was his comment afterward this is i don't have a game tomorrow i don't have to go to work and the fact that he has not had a year you know he's he's not been out of coaching for very long since he was right. 28? Yeah. He's like never, early 1990s. He's literally never missed a season, including the lockout season. He went and coached overseas. And, you know, and I, I think we get into the whole, you know, job burnout and job satisfaction. So I got it, you know. I, I, I know there's, and I know your stance on him, Pat, as, as far as his coaching abilities, and that's neither here nor there for me. Yeah. Um, I love the fact that he's, uh, from all appearances, he's saying, I'm burnt out. I need to step away. And it's doing me no good to sit here and steal a paycheck effectively from these people and put these other, you know, put the guys on the team in a worse position because I can't give my all to do this job. And I, you know, you don't see coaches resign. They'd rather get fired because that also means that they're going to get the remainder of their contract. But I think it was Shovel Dayoff said that they were going to take care of him. Personal like, integrity in hockey? That's like unheard of. Right. And that's, and that starts to, you know, I'm kind of wondering if that isn't part of this sea change. You know, a potential sea change we're going to start seeing. People standing up for themselves and doing what's right. And... Well, they, you know, they, they, they're all the think pieces that have been written about the great resignation, you know, of, of the last two years of people that are, you know, leaving jobs because they're like, to hell with you. 
I don't need, you know, I don't need to work in this condition anymore. It's, it's, you know, the, the ripples from the lower level jobs floating out to the upper level jobs, I think we're going to start seeing. So, you know, I applaud him for it. I mean, I think it was a, it was a great choice on his part. I mean, you know, I, but then I, I'm also a person with a lot of personal integrity. So, (laughs) so I, would do that if I could too financially, you know, and prior jobs if I'd had the opportunity. Um, but, uh, you know, um, it's COVID burnout, right? I think as more people start to realize that this is now the new normal, that we're not going to go back to the old normal, um, you know, I think those are the people who are realizing I don't need this job. I don't need this kind of grief in my life. I need to like figure something else out. And that's what the great resignation is about is people recognizing their own worth one and their health is more important than, you know, mental health and physical health is more important to, than a job. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's the people who have the ability to do it and the people who recognize that they need to do it. And, um, and the people who are recognizing that COVID's not going away. You know, there isn't going to be a break coming up. They need to like do the break themselves and take care of themselves. So, um, I mean, I totally support what he did. I think that, you know, good for him that he made the right call for himself and his family, Um, you know, because no one else, as we all know, if you don't take care of yourself, no one else is going to, certainly not your employer. So, So, yeah, I mean, good for him. I told the story before, but three days after, no, maybe two days after his uh, second firing in Carolina, he's at one of the local rinks. He's with his kids. He's... Just just watching, observing before his kid gets ready to take the ice in the next game. I'm coaching a game prior, and he comes up to one of the kids on my team, and she was a you know a 13 year old who's you know playing on a team full of boys and immensely talented. Like sky was the limit for her talent wise. She was good. She just needed some direction and. He was on the phone at, at one point after, as the kids were getting finished, you know, taking off their equipment, coming out. And Holmery notices her carrying her bag, getting ready to go into the lobby of the rink. And she asks to stop her for a minute. And he just applauds her and tells her what a great player she was and giving her some very constructive feedback. This guy didn't need to do this three days after, but he went out of his way to do it. And, you know, my thoughts on his ability as an NHL coach are one thing, but, you know, there's only so much a person could do, but he knows what he's talking about. And that memory will always stay with me as several of my close and personal friends down here in Carolina uh, can't stand the guy. I'm going to be a fan for life and, you know, good for him going out on his own terms. Yeah, and and you know, and deciding when he comes back too, you know. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
it's funny that you should say that, Patrick. <laughs> and this might be a good place to end things. Um, you mean I? You mean I set you up for a landing? Get out! Oh, it, it was like a that was a beautiful give and go pass. Uh, no cross required. I did watch Dry Side <laughs> last night. So mm-hmm. you, McDavid, yeah. is home. Oh, don't put that on me. I I don't have the skills to do that. But um, when he is ready. What is Palmer Reese's next job in this lovely sport of ours? This has been the 3v3 Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at 3v3podcast. We're available for NHL consulting at reasonable fees.